You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. Jace Frederick, Dane Mizutani on Odyssey's Vikings podcast, talking all things Vikings-Eagles ahead of their Week 2 Monday Night Showdown. Follow, like, subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you get all of our commentary on Minnesota throughout the season. We will be back um, either late Monday night, Tuesday morning, uh, with, with the episode breaking down. Whatever transpires on Monday night, we will have our picks later on in this segment. We will have our Prop picks, game picks, all of that. First, we're going to get to a couple mailbag questions. Um, Dan, any particular one that you would like to start with? Yeah, and just want to say shout out to to the, the few people that did respond. I know when me and Jace put out this call on Twitter, um, asking for replies, DMs, emails, weren't sure what the re- response rate was going to look like. So appreciate the people, the handful of people that did respond. We'll, we'll get to Co- Corey Hermanson first, at Corey Hermanson on Twitter. Um, he was the first one to reply, so he should be the first one we we talk about. Question is, do you think Jalen Rieger will work his way into the offense, or will he just be a returner? What do you think? I don't see any way that he's working his way into this offense. Uh, just because, like, the Vikings, sure, like, there are some four wide receiver sets, but it's pretty rare. This is a team that I think they went, like, 84% of their passing plays came out of 11 personnel, one running back one tight end uh, this last week. Um, and I think that's going to be pretty consistent if not going up. Um, and that other personnel is usually not four wide receiver sets. We would see in a game where Minnesota's down 20 in the fourth quarter, maybe. Uh, but like, it, I, there's no way in my mind that he is cracking a KJ Osborne, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen rotation there at the wide receiver spot. Like maybe a rep here or there. Um, I, I think he's going to be a piece that you kind of forget that he's even an option in the receiving core. And then he's going to have like, you know, maybe like a 10 catch season. Um, I don't see him cracking this whatsoever. I don't see a place for it, let alone uh, the track record of just not being very good at that position. Yeah. I think that's probably where I land too. Like, I think the most telling thing was, and a lot of this is coach speak, but asked last week before the game, is Jalen Rieger ready to play or does he need more time to learn this offense? Kevin O'Connell said, no, he's ready to go. And then his, I think he had like, I, I don't even know how many snaps he had on offense last last week, but you didn't notice him because he was hardly on the field. Um, it, there are going to be points in time where I think Jalen Rieger will catch a ball, will be utilized. Maybe there's a play that uses his speed, um, but it, it, it's not going to be a focal point of this offense. He's not going to be involved. There's too many people that he has to supersede uh, to, to be a part of this offense on a regular basis. You mentioned obviously Jefferson, Thielen, Osborne, a guy like Irv Smith. Uh, it's going to take a lot for Rieger to break through there. He's going to have to make his impact as a returner and, and, and make the most of his, his cameos on offense. But I, I think there's no chance he, he's a, he's a big hitter in this offense at any point this season. I do appreciate the question this week of all weeks though, obviously like Rieger, 
you know, we've talked about many times uh, the Eagles and I think the Philly franchise and the fans kind of realizing the mistake that was made when Rieger was drafted one spot ahead of Justin Jefferson. And now, you know, Rieger gets dealt away this offseason and and now he's making his return here just in week two. And I'm sure he'd love to make a big impact. I just don't know how likely that will be. I think it'd be funny, though. Like we talk about Kevin O'Connell putting these players in positions that they feel comfortable and they feel excited if there was like two plays that they they've drawn up in practice this week, maybe it's a flea flicker. I don't know. Like maybe it's something with so much misdirection where the beneficiary of that person, like this play is schemed to get Jalen Rieger open. It would be spectacular if, if, if they schemed up a way to get him a deep touchdown and Jalen Rieger just got to rub it in Philly's face because that poor guy, I think I texted you when he first got to Minnesota, like, Jalen Rieger is my favorite player on the Vikings this, this season. And you're like, why one, because it's such a random occurrence that he's here. Like that so much has been made about the, the, the clip of Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer literally laughing at, at the Eagles front office for drafting Rieger over Jefferson. Uh, but also just how mean people were to Jalen Rieger on his way out of Philly. Like I get it. Like Philly would love to have Justin Jefferson there, but they were so mean to him. Uh, it would be cool to see him succeed. Maybe there's a little revenge game here. I don't think that's likely, but I would love it if Kevin O'Connell drew up a couple plays backyard football style. Let's get Jalen a touchdown. Um, we'll see. That, that might be getting too cute. You got to win the game first, um, but it, it'd be something that'd be fun to see. And, uh, when I tweeted out the, oh, now the Vikings have a punt returner and Eagles fans are like, no, they do not. Um <laughs> One one person came into my DMs and was like, you just watch. Like, it was an Eagles fan. He's like, you just watch. Like, Rieger Week 2 is going to return a punt for a touchdown against us, and it's going to be so embarrassing. <laughs> and, yeah, it would be. Uh, that That's more likely is if he's going to make a big impact play. It's going You're to right. be um, in the punt return game. But what's more likely? Like, I've been in Philadelphia. I was there for the NFC title game. It It's pretty, like ruthless a little relentless there i bet he's getting like yelled at from the sidelines and whatnot so it's more likely he comes back in with the touchdown or he muffs a punt i think that might be more likely outcome in this game wow no i think you're right <laughs> you might be right uh, i didn't want to be wrong i hope you're wrong yeah but i mean I, I i don't know like hey if he can rise up and succeed here that'd be an awesome moment for him but that's a really tough atmosphere there um experiencing it firsthand it's it's brutal um like they were like hammering on the press box, yelling at Vikings reporters to go home. Uh, it was. It, we remember was, what they did to 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 poor ninety nine year old Millie. Like yeah, they did that the to Eagles Millie. Fans are are ruthless. What do you think they're gonna do to Rieger? Millie didn't do oh anything my. to him. Rieger tormented them with poor play. Oh my god! All right, next question uh, from our good friend Eric Krauser. Uh, the Vikings will have to pay close attention to Jalen Hurts' running ability. It seems that spy role may fall to Jordan Hicks, who statistically graded out well last week, but struggled IMO and lateral coverage. How much does Hurts versus Hicks worry you? Is Kendricks a better fit? I'll start with this one. I like Kendricks has spied in the past from Minnesota on a few occasions, and I just think it's something where, yes, Eric Kendricks is a better in pass coverage. Um, I, I, I like him so much better than Hicks in that role. So instantly your thought is, okay, Hicks spies. Uh, but I don't worry too much about, like, yes, Dallas Goddard's a legitimate tight end threat, but Jalen Hurts is so much of, like, a one-read-and-dart kind of guy. Uh, I think he dropped back 43 times last week, sacked once, 32 passes. That means he scrambled 10 times, and that is such a huge part of their offense. That would be my number one. How do we limit that? 
Um, and then we'll take everything else. So I'm not worried about losing Eric Kendricks in coverage. I'm saying who is our best spy? And I think it's Eric Kendricks just because of the way he he just sees the game. Like he is somebody who I don't think would get lost in that role. He knows how to time things. He would know when it's time to just come dart um, and and come right at Jalen Hurts. I think when when Hurts is floating around in in the pocket, like. I would take your best player or one of your best defensive players and say, you negate this. Um, and I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to scan the field enough to find Hicks in the bad matchups. So I, I would just say, okay, we're going to take our best player and go against my primary worry, which is Hurts taking off. That's where I land with this too. Like you, you look at who's, who's better sideline to sideline. I think it's Eric Kendricks. And I think his, his ability his instincts and this is taking nothing away from Jordan Hicks. I just think Eric Kendricks is a little bit better at that than the other guy. So I think if we've talked about how inaccurate Jalen hurts is how frantic he can be at times with the ball. I I think you, you, you tell Eric, don't lose Jalen hurts. You, You tell the defense, get after him, try and get home. And if he breaks contain, Eric Kendricks will be there spying. I think if you can do those things, with success, you can make Jalen Hurts uncomfortable. We saw what happened last week when Aaron Rodgers was uncomfortable. If you can make Jalen Hurts uncomfortable, you're going to have a good day. I think part of making him uncomfortable is telling Eric Kendricks, do not lose him. We'll take whatever we can get. Or whatever happens outside of that, just don't lose him. You're you're the guy. Eyes on him. We'll ask Ed Donatello about that tomorrow. I would venture to guess he's going to say something pretty similar. All right, Sean. Also asked a question about spying, but since we covered that, we'll go to Sean's second question. How worried should we be about Fletcher Cox wreaking our interior O-line and our offensive game plan? Seems like they held their own versus Kenny Clark. So I do think, just to start with the Kenny Clark thing, yes, Kenny Clark did not like wreck the Vikings' day, but he definitely limited their success. We saw, like, and we mentioned this, like, they were like a third and two player. I remember Kenny Clark just bolted through and and forced Kirk to kind of throw the ball away and ended that drive. Uh, and then on the inside, uh, you know, Green Bay gets the interior pressure, hits Kirk Cousins' arm as he's letting it go. Justin Jefferson still makes the catch. But, like, there were enough little drives in there where the interior pressure did wreck the drive. But it's just not a focal point when the team's up 20-7, to 7, when the team's mm-hmm. up 20 to nothing. Like, the Vikings scored 23 points. Uh, it, was, it was not like this ultimate explosion. Um, sometimes they move the ball and left money on the table. And so often it was because of, like, an interior pass rush. You can forgive that when your team is controlling the game. But if Green Bay has a normal offensive day and it's, like, you know, 20 to 20, I think you're looking at that, like, the interior offensive line can't pass block. Um, you know, I, I think it would have been so much more noticeable if Green Bay was scoring points and Minnesota had to as well. They just didn't have to. It felt like Minnesota was in control. So a third and two where you threw the ball away because there was interior pressure, the thought more was like, all right, that's fine. Minnesota's still in control. doesn't matter. So it wasn't as highlighted. But Kenny Clark really did, I think, kind of control that game. Uh, maybe not so much more so with sacks because Kirk was able to get the ball away. But uh, he was a massive part in limiting Minnesota to just the 23 points. Yeah. Fletcher Cox worries me as well. As does Jordan Davis a little bit. I think right. he's, he you're going to see him more. Yeah. You're going to see him start to rotate in or maybe not even rotate. Maybe just side be a part side. of that, of the, that, that tandem up front. Fletcher Cox has, has been a dynamic defensive tackle in this league for the, you know, more, the better part of a decade. Jordan Davis, we've seen clips of him. Like we 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 haven't we don't know a ton about Jordan Davis, but there's clips of him in training camp where he's just bench pressing whoever it is in front of him. I wouldn't love to be Garrett Bradbury this week. I wouldn't love to be Ezra Cleveland and Ed Ingram. Uh, I think when those PFF grades come out Tuesday morning, we're gonna see like okay, how good of pass blockers are these guys? Because I think 
the, the, the interior pressure from the Eagles is going to be a, another test that we, we've talked about. There's a ton of tests that they're going to see on Monday. Um, that's one of the biggest ones. How, how do they hold up against guys like Fletcher Cox and, and, and guys like rookie Jer- Jordan Davis? Yeah. I mean, Jordan Davis was their third highest graded player on PFF last week. So like if he does indeed see the field more, uh, he could wreak havoc too. Like we might be talking about Fletcher Cox and it really might be Jordan Davis. Who's like, it could be a coming out party for him against this interior offensive line. So it's another week where they're going to have to game plan for it heavily. Um, they're going to say, okay, say they do get through. How can we provide as much help? Who do we double all these types of things? They did an okay job against Clark where Clark didn't like wreck the game plan, but he still affected it. Uh, so I think yet again, uh, that is literally the matchup to watch. Sure. And then our, our last question, it was from an emailer. Again, really appreciate everyone who who responded, reached out. We'll do these mailbags maybe weekly, maybe biweekly, um, but love to get kind of the interaction um, with the fans. Um, just a simple email question. Do you see Eric Smith Jr. getting more involved in the game plan this week? I do, but I also think that it was interesting when asked about the tight ends this week, Kevin, Kevin O'Connell, basically talked about how Irv Smith and Johnny Munt will be used situationally, game by game. Who do we think gives us a better uh, opportunity to succeed? Last week, Kevin O'Connell claims that that was Johnny Munt. He claims that it wasn't because Irv Smith was working his way back from a thumb injury throughout training camp. I don't know if I believe that. I think Irv Smith at some point will take over that that primary pass-catching role for, for Johnny Munt. Um, it is interesting that that he Johnny Munt played so much in week one. I just think Irv Smith's talent will rise above that at some point. I, I think he's a better football player. I think he's more dynamic. I think he gives you more options in the passing game. So, yes, long-windedly, I, I do think he'll be more involved in, in the passing game moving forward. Um, it's hard for him to be less involved than he was in week one. I think Ben Ellison outsnapped him. So it's only going to go up from here for Irv Smith Jr., if you bought a lot of Irv Smith Jr. stock in, in fantasy, tried to kind of hit on someone late with the sleeper, I wouldn't sell that stock. Uh, I think he's going to be fine. I, I actually would sell it. Um, I don't know how much the Vikings will use the tight end, period. Uh, but Irv Smith last week, what was interesting was Munt out snaps him 40 to 19. Um, Irv Smith only ran one fewer route. Like the 19 routes he was, the 19 snaps he had on the field, he ran 15 routes. Like it was all passing plays. I don't know how much he's going to be on the field for rushing plays. Um, that'll be interesting to see if that progresses or not, or if he literally is just kind of become that, hey, it's third down. Uh, once put Irv Smith on the field kind of guy. Uh, I just think there's, so like, yeah, he'll be more involved. His, his role is going to grow. Like it, you know, missing a lot of camp obviously is a big thing, but. I mentioned this before the season. I think I don't know how much of exactly of a role he's going to have in this offense. He looks like a great weapon, but I don't know how much they're going to feature the tight end here. Um, so more, but not a lot in my, is kind of my thought. Um, let's get into our purple prop party. Uh, first we'll do one prop. Each of us like heading into this Monday night game before doing our picks to wrap up the show. Dan, you go first. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So we, we couldn't use DraftKings because they're, they're, they're not posted yet. Yeah, so, the Monday night game is makes things a little difficult for a Thursday morning show. 
Yeah, so you're going to have to to stew on that and, and wonder what we would have picked in DraftKings. But we did we went with Prize Picks. It's another fun um, little over under app, and, and and the Prize Picks had a, had a handful of props on there. Mine is Justin Jefferson, ninety five and a half receiving yards. I'm going over. How's he going to get to two thousand, Jace? If he can't go over ninety five and a half against the Eagles, um, it's going to be tough. I think Amon Ross St. Brown it was proof last week that there are going to be openings on, on this offense. Amon Ross St. Brown with the lions last week had a pretty big game. He did not go over 95 and a half yards. I think Justin Jefferson is better. Um, I think I'm going to stick to my commitment of the bit that he's going to hit 2000 this year. And in order to do that, you have to basically get over a hundred almost every game. Um, I don't think anyone can stop Justin Jefferson. I think there is slay may be able to slow him down. I don't know if he's going for 184. Um, but I think he will eclipse a hundred. Yeah. Um, just keep riding the Justin Jefferson train to victories. The jet, um, the Justin Jefferson jet. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I was wrong last week. I had the under on 16 and a half carries for cook. He went over, got to 20 carries. I did not expect Minnesota to be leading by three scores for much of the game. Um, <laughs> that is not a good, that is not a good game script for rushing attempts. Um, if you hit the under on that. I'm going over with an Eagles player, Miles Sanders, 47 and a half yards after he went for not 117, but 96 uh, in last week. <laughs> I, I think 47 and a half, he'll still be a feature part of this offense. I expect the Eagles to have success in the running game with that offensive line. I still think that's a concern for Minnesota. I'm not saying Sanders is going to have a career day, but 47 and a half is a pretty low line uh, for somebody who's going to lead the team in rushing touches or at least compete with Jalen Hurts for that honor. So Sanders goes over that at least gets to like 60. Um, if he gets 12, 13, 14 touches, I think going over 47 and a half will be pretty easy work. Um, but if the Vikings get up 17, Oh, that's also going to lose. So we'll see. Um, let's get into the picks for the game over under for this game, 50 and a half points. Vikings are two point underdogs heading into Philadelphia. That tells you it's pretty close to even with the game being in Philly. Um, Dane, where are you at with this one? I'll take the over. I think the Vikings, I think it's going to be a high scoring affair. Score predictions are always random, uh, but I think the Vikings can get to 35 points this week. They got to 17 in the first half last week against the Packers. I think this is going to be a pinball game. I don't see the offense stalling out quite as much as it did in in, in the second half of week one. I'll take Vikings 35, Eagles 28. We'll see what happens. Okay. I'm going Eagles 28, 27. Um mm-hmm. Two weeks in a row where Dane picks the Vikings to win and I pick them to lose. Which it might be a common trend this, this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, and Dane obviously won and I'm on one. Uh, not my greatest picks week last week. But I, I I think like look, going on the road is a different animal. Philly is a very close caliber team. Dane actually picked Philly ahead of Minnesota this power rankings. I picked Philly below Minnesota, and we're picking opposite results now in a game in Philly. Uh I, I think Minnesota is like goes toe-to-toe with Philly as far as like even strength teams. Um, but we can't discount the fact that like Minnesota played at home last week and now they're going into Philly in a raucous environment on Monday night. Hey, this is it, right? Like if Kirk cousins comes out and plays well on Monday night, um, against, uh, against a tough opponent, um, in a, in a raucous atmosphere, like, okay, like the defense it's plays well, <laughs> then, then like Kirk's fixed. The defense is great. Like I, I will come out and just sing this team's praises. I think that's a tough game to ask to win. If they lose 28, 27, I think I'd feel pretty good about Kirk cousins moving forward. Uh, but I think Philly's offensive line is so much 
better than what Green Bay put out last week, that Minnesota's defense, I think is probably going to come back down to earth a little bit. It's just a good Philly offense. So, like, there aren't many defenses that could do it. Um, I think this is going to be the week where we realize, okay, Minnesota's defense might be okay, but it's not awesome. Um, that's what I think this is going to play out, and uh, we'll see who makes the key plays like to win this one. Yeah, either way, you know, it'll be exciting to watch. And and let's follow along on, on our picks this year. I'm 1-0, you're 0-1. In maybe both we'll, uh, yeah, maybe we'll put put a little uh, a little wager. Um, anyone that used to follow our old podcast knew we used to do a beer dump for for the loser had to dump a beer on their head. So maybe we'll maybe we'll throw that in there um, for for this season at some point. Probably not though. We're picking something else. <laughs> I'm sick of doing that. Uh, anyway, uh, this will be an interesting game. Like I think the winner of this one will feel like they are a legitimate like top end contender in the NFC, um, and the loser will kind of like feel like a team that's heading back more towards the middle of the pack. Like it's one game at early in the season. So much can be drawn from that. Uh, we'll be back late Monday night, early Tuesday morning. One of those two, uh, you will find this pod inside purple and gold podcast, breaking down all the action, subscribe, like follow to make sure that that is going right to your phone on your favorite podcast platform for Dave Mizutani. This has been Jace Frederick inside purple and gold. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye.